0: You could stop right there and you would describe everything that Christ is in one word. Amen. Clap your hands one more time and give praise unto the Lord. Amen. Thank you, musicians and singers. you remain standing, I would invite you this evening to the book of Luke, chapter number 1, beginning reading at verse 26. Luke 126 I will be uh, presenting to you what we're going to do at the beginning of the year just so you can start mentally preparing. We're going to go into a time of fasting. Hey, Amen. Don't don't get scared. It's going to be doable for everybody, okay? I'm going to take the 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. Y'all can do the rest. I'm joking. But I do believe God is calling us to greater consecration. And your, your flesh will never love to, to consecrate more. It's not going to happen. I've never seen anyone get excited about fasting. But that flesh has to die so that spirit can rise higher and higher. Amen. So I'll be letting you know what we're going to do and how long we're going to do it, but I believe this year is going to be a tremendous year for Wallace Ridge. Amen. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. I want to continue preaching about Christmas miracles. And tonight I want to preach about the miracle of provision. The miracle of of provision. Would you lift your hands one more time and ask the Lord to help us in this place. Father, we stand tonight in need of that touch, asking God for that divine inspiration to be granted unto our ears that we may hear in our hearts that we can receive your word and we can obey that word. We thank you for what you're going to do. We give you glory and praise. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Last time I spoke about Christmas miracles, I introduced to us the first miracle, the miracle of mercy. We were a people that did not deserve a Savior. Mary was an individual that had no pedigree. She had nothing that would merit one who could deliver the promised child. But God, through his mercy, granted that provision. The only reason Christ came was out of compassion for his people. And as we continue reading through the announcement of his birth, I find another miracle that oftentimes goes overlooked. You see, throughout the Old Testament, God continually provided for his children. He provided a covering when Adam and Eve messed up. He provided a covering for their nakedness. But more than that, he provided the blood sacrifice when he made the coverings. He provided an ark for Noah's family to escape the judgment of God through the flood. He provided a ram to spare the promise of Isaac. He provided through Joseph. He provided a way to feed Israel through a famine. He provided Moses to deliver Israel from Egyptian bondage. He provided prophets and judges for the spiritual alignment of Israel through wicked seasons. He provided a place for repentance when David erred while on the throne. He provided an upper room whereby the disciples and those that were gathered could experience Pentecost. He provided the mouth of a preacher to give a sermon for whosoever would hear that gospel message preached on that fateful day. But most of all, he provided a continual opportunity for the sins of Israel to be rolled back every year throughout that Old Testament. This does not take into consideration every time a miracle was performed for the which time tonight does not permit. But everything that was provided in the Old Testament would pale in comparison to that day the angel showed up and met Mary for no longer would God have to provide a man to keep Israel in line. The blood of bulls and goats wouldn't do the job much longer. But my friend, can I tell you tonight that the greatest provision the world would ever know was when God chose to provide himself to a lost and a dying world. I rise tonight to declare to you on this Christmas season that Jesus is the reason for the season. Don't buy the hype of this world. Don't allow yourself to be enamored with the glitz and the glamour of lights and things. But let me tell you what we should rejoice in over, that there was a savior, that there was a manger, that there was provision made for which the flesh could not do, for which the law could not do. He said, I will come down and do for you. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Somebody shout provision. I want you to understand that God knows your need before you knew your need. And the answer has already been declared before you ever asked for it. Bible says, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. God knew he was going to send rain to flood the earth. So he gave Noah 120 years to build the ark. If God was not a merciful God, he'd have sent the rain and not gave way for an ark. But he would not allow that problem to come without the answer already being in place. After Gabriel told Mary everything that was to come, even the fact that her cousin was expecting as well, he finished with this emphatic statement. For with God, nothing, somebody shout nothing, nothing shall be impossible. In other words, Mary, I know this all sounds crazy. I know it sounds impossible. But it does not matter how crazy it sounds. Nothing is impossible with the Lord man up from heaven quail that covered the ground A stone killing a giant, an axe head floating, water from a rock. I could go on and on and on and on, but all of it sounds impossible until you factor in the fact that with God, nothing is impossible. And you may be looking at your situation, and you may be thinking, "How is this going to work out? How is this ever going to come to what I needed to be?" But can I tell you tonight that the book still says, "But." my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Don't be dismayed by the timing. You don't control the timing, but you got a God that will provide what you need. Psalm 78 and 20, he says, behold, he smote the rock. That the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? God is a God of provision. If you can do it, you get glory. But when God does it, when no man can do it, he gets the glory. Bible says, Ask, Matthew 7 and 7, it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? He was using something that they could relate to. He said, you're a bunch of carnal people. And even you, if your child asked for a fish, you wouldn't give him a serpent. You would give him what you know he needs and what he's asking for. We're not talking about wants. We're not talking about just whimsical prayer requests. We're talking about the necessities of life and the the things that God knows that we have to have. Uh, He says if you're carnal and you'll do that, How much more will your heavenly father, who is the epitome of purity, who is not carnal, how much more will he give good gifts? My friend, God is poised and he is ready to provide. He's not taken back by the size of your situation. That's what we do. We look at something and we go, this is major. This is big. I the difference between major and minor problems, if it's yours, it's minor. If it's mine, it's major. We look at the size and the scope. Like that. We we, we think we gotta have a lot of faith for that. This over here is not that big. We don't need a whole lot of faith for this. God does not look at anything and categorize problems. Let me tell you: the greatest problem, the biggest problem the world. Has ever had was the sin problem. And he conquered the hardest thing there was to conquer. And everything else is small compared to what that sin problem was. You don't need to think that God's looking at your situation through the realm of human logic because God's not looking at how big or how small. All he needs to know is can you believe that with God nothing is impossible. With man you're going to fail. With man it's impossible. But when God steps on the equation, then nothing is impossible. Impossible. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Amen. He's a provider. I find within this Christmas story three things that God provided. The first thing he provided was he provided peace. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, you gotta, you gotta sometimes we read scripture and we're removed from scripture. You gotta put yourself in her shoes. Most theologians believe she was between 13 and 15 years old. Okay, so who's between 13 and 15 female? Anybody in here? Chloe. All right, let's just just use Sister Chloe for an example, okay? Let's just say she's on her way home from school by herself. And all of a sudden, now we don't know what he looked like. He might have been in all white. He might have been nine foot tall. He was an angel. He might have been clothed in a man's body. We don't know. But let's just say somebody stops her on her way home from school and, and says, hell! Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. She would lose her mind. Because look what Mary did. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind. In other words, she began to ponder what manner of salutation this should be. In other words, what's this dude doing? This is weird. Her mind began to race, and so would yours if that happened to you. So, in that moment when her mind was going crazy, that angel knew that what she needed right now was peace in her spirit. And this is why the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor. With God. This was a point of transition in Mary's life. Not just in Mary's life, but it would be a point of transition in all of humanity. I have found that when God tries to transition us in our faith to a higher level, it's not done through prayer or a shout, it's usually done through an impossible situation. Our first reaction when life starts going crazy is fear. Anybody ever, life caught you off guard and you just begin to panic? should be everybody. When the script didn't go like you thought it was going to go, fear sets in just like it did with Adam and Eve in the garden, just like it did throughout the entire Old Testament and and even the New Testament, because that is our default mode, is fear. And so he says, fear not. In other words, God's going to give you peace in the midst of this impossible situation. Friend, this is what Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Fear is not of God, because the Bible says perfect love casteth out all fear. And we know that the Bible calls Christ the Prince of peace. So if you're a child of God, you ought to rejoice in the fact that peace does not come from the absence of problems, but peace comes from the presence of God in the midst of your problems. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble, but you know who is with you in the midst of the trouble. It's the peace speaker. It's the one that can calm you in the midst of the storm. My friend, the reason Christ came is to bring peace. Here he was, Brother Spakey, a baby coming in an unstable world. And where did he spend his first night? In a stable. Do you think that's a coincidence? No. It was the introduction of the first thing that was ever stable in an unstable atmosphere. He brought peace where there was no peace. Do you realize that what the church is, is peace in a peaceless world? Right now, we... The church, because of that peace, we are the ones keeping the agenda of hell at bay. What do you think is going to happen when the church is gone? The absence of peace. It will be lawlessness. It will be evil. We are the peacemakers in the world. We are the ones that are are representing that peacemaker that came. That's why the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. He brought peace into this world. Secondly, he provided direction. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Once again, she's listening to this. She's thinking, this has never happened. I've never known a man. How's this going to happen? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. At the news of this miracle that was coming her way, Mary needed some understanding. She wanted some clarification. She needed some direction. Her mind was stuck on how is this going to happen in the flesh, seeing that I have not known a man. But the angel told her it would not come through a man. It would come through the Holy Ghost. Listen to me tonight, before there ever was a disciple, before Peter ever got the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, Mary was the first person to experience what It was like to have the Holy Ghost bring clarification, to have the Holy Ghost bring direction, to have the Holy Ghost bring understanding. In essence, like Jesus told Peter flesh and blood won't give this to you, but the Holy Ghost will give this to you. And that was the day that revelation started flowing. I submit to you today one of the most needful provisions given by God is direction. For people, world's lost. They're lost. They're lost. And the reason He came is to provide peace and provide direction. Why do you think He said, "I am the way"? That's direction. He was bringing revelation. Little bit by little bit, the Bible says, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left hand, God directs us through his word. He directs us through his spirit. He directs us through leadership. He directs us through his voice. Anybody, don't raise your hand, but just think about this with me. Anybody ever thought, I wonder if that was the voice of God? I'll tell you how God's going to speak to you. A thought. A thought. And the more sensitive you become to it, the easier it is to hear his voice. Let me tell you what God will never do. God will never tell you something that's going to contradict his word. He's never going to tell you to cause division. He's never going to tell you to gossip. He's never going to tell you to spread lies. He's never going to tell you to sow discord. And so, some of these people, God told me to go do this. God didn't tell you if it's going to, it's going to contradict his word. It's not God, it's you. you got to learn to listen to his voice because the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you Into all truth. God wants to do so much in your life that he has to spread it out over a lifetime. Everybody wants to be spiritual giants in one day. If God did everything he wanted to do in you in one day, you couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle it. Because you know how he usually does it? Adversity. Affliction. Problems. And we're good at handling one problem. Don't give me a bunch of problems to handle at once. Just let me get through one. Amen? Because we'll be overloaded and feel like we're losing our mind. But you know how you learn to hear God's voice? In the midst of the problems. In the midst of the trials. In the midst of the adversity, he gives you understanding. Mary, this is an impossible situation, and the only way you're going to make it through it is the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. The Holy Ghost is going to strengthen you. The Holy Ghost is going to give you revelation. And, friend, God gave us a word. And the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There is a cadence to spiritual growth. It's called revelation. Obedience. When God reveals, you got to obey. If you don't obey what he revealed, then you're going to be stuck. That's why you got people that's been in church 30 years, but they're only mature enough to be five-year saints. It's because when God began to reveal some things of what they needed to do, they didn't want to obey. But if you want to grow in God, you have got to obey his word. Amen? Clap your hands unto the Lord. Tell your neighbor this is good stuff. Thank you. But here's the greatest provision. It tops everything. He provided salvation. As much as we needed peace, as much as we needed direction, there was something that we needed more than peace and direction. And we needed salvation. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. And they didn't just stop right there. That angel said, which is Christ the Lord. Friend, that right there ought to clear up anything because the Father is not just the Savior. The Holy Ghost is not the Savior. But it's Christ, that one that came on Christmas, that one that was God-robed in the flesh. For there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, in you all. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David not just a baby but a savior hallelujah this is what Zechariah said rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Israel behold thy king cometh unto thee he is just and having salvation my friend, they looked for a king but their king did not match the mold that they had in their mind. And the Bible says that he could only heal a few sick folk in their midst. But there was a man that was praying. There was a man that was not supposed to be grafted into the vine. There was a man that said, I know this don't belong unto me but I'm going to keep on keeping on. And God said I got some Gentiles. They are not of this fold but I'm going to reach them. I'm Oh, bring them into the fold yeah we're not Jews by blood but we're Jews by birth because we've been born again of the water and of the spirit and the only way this is possible is there was a savior oh stand with me and clap your hands right now unto the Lord I think we ought to give him praise oh what a savior oh what a savior thank you, don't love for we ourselves also do sometimes foolish we fit the love we fit the bill he we disobedient love me. do Serving divers lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Hateful and hating one another. That's us. Before we came to God. But after that, the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly. Through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Where would be we be without the coming of Christ? We'd be lost. We'd be hopeless. We'd be miserable. One man once said, "To perceive Christmas through its wrappings becomes more difficult with every year." And I begin to think about that. You grow up and you perceive Christmas as gifts and glitz, toys and stuff. older you get you don't see Christmas the same way as when you were a child you know what starts to happen your eyes shift from down here and you realize there's another world that I'm preparing for not building a kingdom where moth and rust doth corrupt where thieves break in and steal but my eyes are fixed. And every day that passes, you realize you're getting one day closer to that coming kingdom. Christmas is about gifts, but it's not about the gifts that you can touch. It is about joy, but it's not based on presents under a tree. Most of all, listen to me. It is about a tree. But not a tree as we know it. But it was that tree that he was God enough to make and man enough to die on. He couldn't have made it to the tree if he wouldn't have came in a stable. He came with the end in mind. He said, I'm going to give him peace. Because there's no peace in this world. I'm going to give them direction and tell them where the way is. But I'm going to give myself so they can live. I'm talking about Christmas miracles. I believe tonight it would be beautiful in the sight of God if we made our way to this altar. And we just came and spent some time thanking him.